Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Welcome to episode 760 of Open House, the real estate and mortgage show. Frank, how many of the, uh, the 760 has Paul been at? Boy, that's a good question. I don't know, three, four hundred, maybe. <laughs> Paul is away today. Josh is in. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing great. Good, happy to be here. First of all, congratulations, Josh, on selling all of Paul's own homes, his own home, his girlfriend's home. Is he happy with the one you got him into? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I'm just have happy you, uh, working with him. Have Have you sold his doghouse yet from his previous home, or? <laughs> Something tells me he was in it for a bit. <laughs> no, I'm not touching that one. Yeah, I notice how non-committal Josh is. Yeah. We're gonna put him in one though. Like you know, you know, he's absent more than he's a, he's here. So well, he had to do a sit-up. He's got the golf tournament coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, I guess so. true. He's, true enough. He's got which you're ho- which you're emceeing. I understand. Yeah, apparently, I'm gonna MC. He asked me this morning, so that's awesome. I better be good. That'll huh? be great. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait! I can't wait to see you model some of those dresses that he's got in the live auction. I know we're auctioning off G-string, so I'm in this year. Wow! Can't wait! <laughs> can't wait! <laughs> Josh, how's the market? Is it still as slow as it was a couple of weeks ago? We changed yeah, it all. It's, it's, it's slowed down significantly. I mean, it's not horrible. The market's not. It's not all doom and gloom like everybody thinks. Um, but it's definitely shifted for sure. Would you, would it's it, normal, right, Josh? Yeah, yeah it's would just you call normal. It, call we're it back it. to normal, for God's sake. We're back. We're back to the way it was pre-pandemic. Yeah. Right. Like the last two years were were crazy, obviously. Um, but it's not it's not as bad as everybody thinks it is. But if you go back two years, would you consider this an average summer, like pretty much like any other summer? Pretty much, yeah, for sure. Because I mean, it's always yeah. slow mid July, late July. It probably won't pick up until what mid August, maybe. Yeah, probably mid to late August. I would, I would think. Yeah. Well, maybe even September, focusing right? On, yeah, everybody's focusing on you know June to June, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you can't really compare the market the last two years to what's happening now or before either. Um, yeah, there were, even of, even before COVID, there was no normal anymore. Like you know, everything seemed to have changed. The times that you thought homes would regularly be selling switched. You know, the usual slow yep. summers weren't happening. Everything was changing. Every year is different. There is no more normal, I don't think, is there? I don't think there's a normal anymore either. I agree. You know, I think think people are disappointed. They're not sellers, I should say, are disappointed that they're no longer getting the 10 to 15 offers they'd be expecting and selling for 100 grand over ask. But, you know, the flip side is buyers are getting better prices right now. So, well, they're also uh, getting more than 100 grand over what they would have got two years ago. So you're still getting well, you're still exactly. getting, you're still getting well over ask of what it was two yeah. years ago, even a year ago. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, but if you're selling, you're comparing to four months ago, not to two years ago. That's the problem. Is is is, is that's where vendors now feel bad because they want they wanted to sell it, they decided they'd hold off, hold off, and now unfortunately they their timing is off now. Frank, what are people renegotiating at now that are coming up for their mortgages? Uh, that's, that's what's not normal right now. I mean, as much as the real estate market has normalized itself from a standpoint of, you know, you can sleep on a property that you look at and you can make an offer and you don't have to go in above, you can put some conditions on there. 
The problem today is that the interest rates are not normal. They're well above normal. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the Bank of Canada's erred and, you know, they admitted that they've made a mistake because they predicted just a short less than a year ago that 2022 wasn't probably going to see any rate hikes and they were going to start in 2023. They predicted inflation would stay at two or three percent. And obviously they were well off. And therefore, you've got some angry Canadians, the ones that took variable, because variable was always the wise choice to take. All of a sudden, not so wise because nobody expected prime rate to go go up as much as it has. Anybody that took a mortgage the last two years and took a fixed is laughing right now. And some of them are a little panicky, but you're still three or four years away from your maturity. So nothing to lose any sleep over because just as fast as we saw rates go up, the rates will come back down. And I think the rates will normalize in due time. And certainly the bond market is telling us that because Tiff Macklem did an interview on Wednesday Again, warning Canadians that there's more increases probably forthcoming towards the end of 2022. And yet the bond market is looking at other statistics now and seeing that a recession is probably forthcoming. And therefore, the bond markets have actually gone down 35 basis points in the last two days. Now, we haven't seen that parlay to interest rates for Canadians, and the banks certainly haven't lowered their, their rates yet. But um, we do have lenders today. Actually, uh, a couple of the non-bank lenders lowered their rates this uh, week, late this week. And now we're down to 4.64% down. Imagine I'm saying that like that's a good thing. But we're down to 4.64 for a five-year fixed right now on a high ratio purchase or uh, a mortgage transfer at less than 65% loan to value. So that's pretty good. That's down from what, Frank? Well, 4.99, 4.94. So we've seen that 30 basis points be passed on to consumers. The major banks, by the way, went the opposite way this week in, in another head shaker. They actually raised their fixed rates by 10 basis points. So a lot of the big banks are well into the close to the mid fives right now. So oh, wait a minute. A if, bank, the, if the bond market went down, why are the banks raising rates? They're hurting right now. I think they're seeing that a recession's coming and they need to keep those profits up is the only thing that makes sense. And, you know, I talked to a couple of bank officials and they say, yeah, you know, we're, you know, we're looking to make sure that we get the proper spread. It's like, yeah, come on, you're talking to me here. You're not talking to somebody who doesn't know what's going on. Your spread is way too high right now. If the bond market's at 2.8 and they're doing five-year fixed rates at 5.4%, 2.6 is way too big of a spread. That spread used to be about one and a quarter to one and a half percent. So it just shows how much more they're uh, they're looking to profit off of fixed mortgages right now. Hey, Josh, what are you telling your clients? Sell first or buy first? Well, <laughs> Sell that's it. a neighborhood. It's no, it's a lot, right? It used to be we got to buy first because we know your home's going to sell. Now we've almost switched over to we don't know how long your home's going to take to sell. And it also depends on the home, though, too, right, in the area. But right now, like, I'm telling them, sell first, and we'll find you something because the inventory is going up. Uh, we're seeing more, we're seeing homes sit, sit on market a lot longer. These on market are a lot longer now. Um, so, like, the last few that I've listed, I've, I've recommended that they sell first. Hey, do you remember when a million-dollar home would get you something? <laughs> I know. Do you see the stat this week? The share of homes priced at a million or more has doubled this year in Ottawa, 18% now. Yep. Last year, it was, yep. only, it was only 9%. And before that, I think it was 45 or something. So, But the interesting thing about the million-dollar homes is, like, year-to-date, they've gone up. 
in terms of sales, 25%. Everything yeah. else is coming down, but the, the million and, and million plus has gone up. Yeah, but most single homes are a million now anyway, right? So I guess now you're in that little ballpark where if you want a nice single family home, you're looking at a million bucks. A home a home back in like 2005, 2007 that was 550 is now a million plus. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Used Crazy. Be- and I'll tell you, yeah, and I'll tell you a story about the million dollar home too. I mean, and and you know, something for Josh. Had a client that bought a house for a million dollars. Exactly. And um with lenders, they have so so the CMHC Genworth or Sagen now can the guarantee uh, for insurable anything a million or over you cannot you have to buy with twenty percent down and it's non insurable. So I had a client that was buying with sixty percent down, but the non bank lenders have different rates. So they have rates for insurable and then non insurable. Insurable means it's less than a million bucks. While the difference, just to give you an idea. The, the purchase of a million bucks with 650 down, so mortgage of 350, the best rate that's out there is maybe prime minus 0.4. But if the house is less than a million dollars, you can get prime less 0.9. That's a half percent difference because now it's insurable, which means that doesn't mean the client plays the default insurer. What these lenders do is they actually pay the default insurance. So it doesn't cost the client anything and they get a better rate. So I, had, I actually had to get a real estate agent to go in and do an amendment to the purchase price of $999,999.99. One cent. And that got the customer a half percent more, a better rate. Just like that. One cent, one penny. That's That's the difference. So so anytime a realtor calls me and they say, yeah, I think we're gonna go in at a million. Don't, please go in at 999. I don't care, give the client a buck and do 999, 999. It just gives the customer so many more options. Better options. Well, how much? The thing that uh, the, the the buyers who have bought million plus dollar homes right now, their concern going into closing is: is it going to appraise for the same value, and are they going to be on the hook for more money? Yeah, so it is critical. Really, yeah, I totally agree with you. I had a client that um, bought back in May, and luckily for them, they've got a significant down payment, but they bought for one point two five. And uh, we just got the appraisal because they contacted us a month and a half later thinking it wasn't important. They still got lots of time. Came back at 1.15. So $100,000 less. Now, luckily for them, again, they've got a significant down payment. So that 100000 doesn't matter. But yeah. for anybody that's buying... Now, again, if you're less than 20% down, the default insurer will tell you whether the value is accepted. Uh, but that's on less than a million. If you bought for over a million, you better get that appraisal done quick because you're right. I mean, in a softening market, you just never know. So you can't get an insured mortgage over a million, Frank? Cannot. Cannot. There's talk that, uh, I I mean, that's virtually no home in Toronto. So that's what I'm thinking. They've got to raise that ceiling, don't you think? Well, that's what's in talk right now. Obviously, they weren't going to do it in a heated market. So they, they were scared to do it in a heated market. But now that the market has cooled off, hopefully that'll come back on the forefront and we'll see changes to that. Maybe to 1.25. I, I suggested regionalize it. Like it doesn't have to be across the board. If Toronto and Vancouver have 1.5 and, the, and some cities like us have 1.25, that's okay. Yeah. Like that's acceptable. 521-TALK, 521-8255. Back with Frank and Josh in for Paul. Take your calls if you got a question. Boy, I tell you, we got these guys here. They, they did sit-ups and everything this morning. They're ready to go.
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Frank is here. Josh is here. Steve is here. Hey, Frank, do these numbers make sense to you? Some numbers came out what you have to make a year in order to buy the average house in Ottawa. Ottawa, 137 and change. That sound about right for a $728,000 house? Oh, it sounds right if you put the 5% down. Now, again, I, I mean, that that makes the assumption. Number one, I don't know when that study was done because I don't know that Just takes into out. account. Yeah, I know, but was it statistics in May March, or uh, June? March and June. March to June. March to June. I mean, the thing that I say about that is they may not have done, uh, they may not have taken into account the rise in interest rates and the fact that the qualifying rate, and that's the key today, the qualifying rate that we've talked about over the last few years, which is now at 5.25%, is pretty well non-existent across the board. We don't even use it anymore because it's whatever term that client chooses plus 2% that really takes prevalence now. So again, if you go to a major bank and they're at 5.5%, you have to qualify at 7.5% to get that mortgage. So it's seven and a half, if you have to qualify at 7.5%, and you're buying a $720,000 home with 5% down, 130 is not going to cut it, likely. Um, so that number probably have to be 150 at that point, 155. So again, it, you know, it makes it difficult for a single person to buy a home. That's where it becomes really difficult. If there's two incomes involved, uh, and a lot of times we're seeing a third and a fourth from parents having to help out as well. But uh, rarely do we see the one income anymore. Josh, are you starting to see people pooling their money together now in order to buy a home? Like friends trying to buy a home together, different couples? I haven't seen any friends. I'm seeing what we are seeing is kids moving in back in with the parents, like remodeling the home, renovating the home, putting a, like a, almost like a full apartment in the basement, not just an in-law suite, but like a two or three bedroom apartment, full kitchen, uh, living space, and, and the kids are, are living downstairs or the parents are moving downstairs and the kids are taking the main floor. Starting to see a lot more of that. Um, or we're also seeing kids buying a home with their parents and the parents are moving in there as well. Wow. A bigger home. Yeah. This changes the whole dynamic, doesn't it? Well, I don't know how anyone can afford to buy a house right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like first time home buyers, it's, it's not a route. Like, I like the route. My own, my own kid. Like, I'm trying to figure out how he's going to buy a home. Like, yeah, you know, and I know how we're going to have to help him, right? But yeah, it's uh, that's really the only way. You're right, Josh. There's no market, right? I mean, I, I mean, the thing that I can see happening is maybe you know, if, if you're not with someone, maybe two friends or three friends buying a home together, and at least getting in their foot in the door that way, uh, so that we can use two or three incomes. Uh, but that's the only way it's going to work because your typical first-time home buyer who, you know, maybe used to be in the mid-20s, now is likely going to be in the at the best in the late 20s and maybe early 30s to do yeah. it. Yeah, maybe even later than that. Don't forget, you yeah. got you to pay the rent all at the same time, so it's not easy to save, if you, especially if you're paying 2400 bucks a month in rent. Yeah, well, no question. It's coming, up, it's coming up with the down payment or the, and the deposit, right? Like, they can't save for it. You don't think they would ever come up with uh, less than 5%, Frank? Like maybe a... No. No? No. no not, hap- not happening. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, l- but five, listen. 5% of today's, I know. today's market is a lot more than 5% was 10 years ago. 100%. And I agree, except for... I mean, you think about Toronto. Like in Toronto, nobody can even buy because the 5% is not even an option. 
in yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Because unless you find something under a million, you're lucky enough. But you know, you're not finding something under a million in Toronto proper. You're you're well into the outskirts of Toronto at that point. Even so, at that, you're you're in the million zone. Like even the pickering, even pickering, you know, you're still into the million. No, that's my point, right? You got to go really into the outskirts. You really got to drive an hour each way. And I don't know that now. Again, if you you know, if you've got a job that allows you to work from home, I think that's why we saw some influx of people from Toronto moving to Ottawa, and that drove some of the prices up. Uh, but, you know, re- re- reality sets in. And listen, not to be doom and gloom, but unfortunately, we're just going through a cycle now. We just went came through a crazy cycle where we had the lowest interest rates ever recorded and a craziness in the real estate market. Now, unfortunately, we're, our interest rates are up. Our market, our real estate market's normalized, I think, in due part because of the interest rates going up, that yeah. it's too expensive for them to buy. But it's just a cycle we're going through. And I think, you know, over the next six months, nine months, we'll see some evolution of that cycle where, you know, I think the interest rates will come down. The houses, I think the market will normalize itself again. And, um, and first-time home buyers will be able to get in. They just have to be patient. If they can't get in now because they don't qualify, doesn't mean it's forever. It just means maybe the spring coming up, you'll be able to, you know, the interest rates will go back into the threes and the qualifying will be at the five and a quarter. And therefore you'll be in a position where you could buy a home at that time. Unless you get into a condo, right? Uh, right, Josh? I mean, condos are still fairly affordable. You're in the fours on some condos. So therefore yep. qualifying is a little easier as long as the condo fees are reasonable say, as well. Yeah, you gotta make sure the condo fees aren't outrageous. Um, so in a for- otherwise, condos, you're going to see more people buying condos now, I think, for sure. You think they're going to be building more condos now, too? Well, yeah, I do, because they can, you can always go up, right? Yeah. You can build up. Um, so I think we are going to see more condos, for sure. I think we're already seeing that. We're seeing builders yeah. build these, you know, three-story, you know, it might not be condo buildings, yeah. but these three-story properties where there's, yeah. a you know, an upstairs, a downstairs, and a... Uh, and a middle unit so that, you know, there's a lot of room. And it's really based on opening those doors for first-time home buyers, at least giving them a chance to get into home ownership, which is what we need to see more of. That's right. You guys get think that's, the market, that's, the new equity, no- that's the new normal now, I guess, if you want to start out, you got to get a condo. You don't have much choice, right? Not really. I mean, but with the interest rates going up, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of these first-time home buyers have been priced out of the towns. Yeah. So their only option right now is to go to a condo. And that gap Which is pretty is small between towns and singles now, isn't it? Because towns went up yeah, so much is. that that it gap is. isn't what it used to be. It is, exactly. So people are either borrowing some more money from mom and dad and going and buying a single, or they're scaling back and going and buying a condo. Still got the guarantor program, control. Frank? Yeah, the guarantor program is still alive uh, and, and and doing better than ever because... Uh, again, most banks don't allow for the guarantor. Most banks want a co-signer. They want the parents to co-sign. And a lot of parents have an issue with that. And, um, you know, one of two reasons. Number one, they just don't want to be on title, number one. And number two, it does impact, as a co-signer, it does impact their future borrowing uh, limits because that mortgage shows up as a debt for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even though the lawyer may only list them as a 1% owner at the end of the day, as far as lending is, is concerned, they are 50, 50 lending. Um, and, and if they go apply for something, it will probably get in the way, but you know, the guarantor program is a little different where the guarantor doesn't show up on the credit bureau. Now, again, there's certain circumstances that a guarantor is approved for it's non-bank lenders, which is okay because they have 
in many cases, better rates and better mortgages than the big banks anyway. But nonetheless, it's important. The guarantor part is important because they don't go on title. And, uh, you know, it allows them to help their kids get into that home without having any title in the property. Yeah. So you don't take any hit on your credit at all. None. None. Nobody even knows you have that debt because technically you don't. You're just a guarantor. And the way the guarantor program works is that if if the borrowers were ever to go into default, that's the that's the point where the lender will reach out to the guarantors and say, listen, you know, you guaranteed this mortgage and uh, we're behind on payments right now. We'd like you to get them caught up. If the guarantor chooses not to make those payments, then obviously the bank will, the lender will commence their legal action to take the property back. And if there's a loss on the sale of that property, that's where the lender can go after the guarantor at that point for the lost funds. Yeah, but you never let it get to that point. I mean, if you're in that kind of trouble, you got to sell the house, right? You'd like to think not. But again, I mean, in a raising uh, price value environment that we went through the two years, even if somebody was in trouble, they'd put their house on the market, it's gone and a day when the mark real estate market softens a little bit two things happen number one i mean you know if you bought with five percent down then the value may not be there by the time you pay the real estate fees you may be in the hole anyway but let's take that aside for a second most people uh have pride of home ownership and they just don't want to give up that that home ownership and they'll wait it out because i think josh has probably seen it too i mean some people like what took you so long you should have done this months ago why yeah. are you waiting so long to do it now you're in trouble now you're really I in trouble. I, I literally just went through this a couple of weeks ago. And it started a couple months ago. And they just kept delaying, delaying, delaying. And it cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Just by delaying the process. Yeah, because yeah. what would you get ordinarily? Two, three months before the bank would really come at you hard? You got to be at the 90-day cycle for yeah. them to commence any legal action. Anything before the 90 days. They just hound you. Yeah, you'll but, get a phone but, call every day. But you'll... call them back, right? Don't ignore those. You calls. have to. You yeah. ignore them. So, so the other thing that I want to say is, so credit bureaus today show mortgages. So, more when we pull a credit bureau, mortgages show up on a, a credit bureau. Here's the issue that happens: if you miss a mortgage payment, it will haunt you moving forward. Because if you apply for another mortgage through somebody else to do debt consolidation. You will likely have to go to an alternate lender, not a traditional lender, which will cost you more. And it may take anywhere between three to five years before a traditional lender will reconsider you wow. to get a mortgage. So very expensive to miss a mortgage payment. Miss any other payment, you can recover from it. Miss a mortgage payment, it's going to be extremely costly. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the phones we go all the way to beautiful downtown Winchester and say hello to Eric. Hello, Eric. Hello. Hi there. Hey, good morning. Hey, Eric. Good morning. So we have a special needs child that is going to be going to a, an adaptive school in Ottawa. And with the price of gas the way it is now, we're thinking of relocating into Ottawa. And we've had, uh, I've had a conversation with a real estate agent, so sight unseen. They figure our house is probably between five fifty to 600000 So my question is, is it better to sell, buy in Ottawa, 
or do we try to rent the place out and see if we can make uh, either uh, rental payments in Ottawa or buy a property in Ottawa? I guess it would depend on how big your mortgage is, eh, Frank? Yeah, financial situation yeah. comes into play, and whether this is short-term or long-term, uh, you know, technically, I guess, you know, if you can find out how much you can rent your property for in Winchester, and if that amount was similar to what you might be able to rent something in Ottawa, then it's kind of a wash, and you get to keep your property, but uh, yeah. yeah, we'd it's, have to find out more financial information for sure. It doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, it seems that we'd be uh, short three to four hundred dollars a month and uh as far as the mortgage the mortgage is clear okay so so you're in good shape that way um it all depends i mean i i mean i think josh can answer better i mean you know what's the difference in within a property value now again similar property i imagine will be significantly more expensive in ottawa than it would be in winchester yeah. but do you need the property size that you have in winchester if you can downsize a little bit maybe that's the answer right josh yeah is it a single family home in winchester it is a single-family home. It's a four-plus-one okay. bedroom with two full and two half baths. What are rents going for in Winchester right now, Eric? you know? Uh, what I've seen so far for a uh, one- or two-bedroom is about $1,100, $1,200. I have not been able to find anything comparable to a four-bedroom. Yeah, yeah you, no surprise. And you right? gotta, I mean, there's yeah. probably not a lot of... Uh, I don't know. There might be... But you're right. I mean, so, uh, a four-bedroom is for typically a family, and they might be in a position to buy rather than rent. But I'll tell you what, though, Eric, if you do decide to rent it out, make sure you get an appraisal on it the minute you decide to rent it out. Because yeah. that, that'll be yeah. your capital gains going forward. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and not absolutely. only that, but, you know, if you're going to rent it out, you know, one of the tricks, and I know that Paul and I always talk about this, is try to get, you know, if you, if you pick a tenant, your very last step is to get them to pull their own credit bureau for you and give them yeah. that back so that you put the onus on them to pull the credit report, and then you can look at the credit report to make sure that they're worthy of renting your property. Okay, so put it on them instead of you doing the yeah. research. Yeah, then, you don't well, yeah, because then you're spending money for something you're gonna find out they're not good with credit. So what you do is, you know, credit report's about $30. The, the one, you get the one with the score, uh, yeah. It's about thirty bucks. What a, you know? What I would recommend you do is you give them a hundred bucks off the first month, so that if there's two people, it's a hundred. If it's one person, fifty bucks. So they actually not only get their money back, they get a little bit of a bonus too. But what it does, it puts the onus on them. If they have bad credit, they're likely going to walk away anyway. Yeah. And then at that point, you're able to kind of have a sigh of relief and say, "Woof! At least you know I didn't get stuck with a tenant that I may have to be chasing for months and months just to get my rent payments." Yeah. I guess a lot of it too would depend on how long you need to be in Ottawa for. Yes. And if you're thinking of moving back yeah. to Winchester, maybe it's worth hanging on to that property. Uh well that's just the thing, is the uh the school system in Winchester is not equipped to deal with this. But and how how many so years? So how long though do you yeah. think? So is it four years? Is it six years, eight years? How long is it? So we're probably looking at uh, eight to ten years. Yeah, so if that's the case, I mean, you could keep that property. I mean, we could look at the math where you keep that property, pull some of the equity out, and then use it as a down payment for the new property you buy in Ottawa, and then do some math that way to see whether it's worthwhile to hang on to both properties, to have two properties at least moving forward. Yeah, because the so whole you've got something to well, fall back on later on. And the home in Ottawa would appreciate more over the next eight to 10 years, right? 
yeah, you'd like to think yeah. that, you know, the values would get back to normal and we'll start to see those, you know, what we're used to in Ottawa, which is a three to 5% increase in property values yeah, on but, a yearly yeah, basis. But I'm saying well, what, compared uh, to Winchester, what, right? Probably. probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will. What, what part of Ottawa are you thinking about moving into, though? Uh, Green Bank and 417 area. Okay. Or Pinecrest, Georgia. Yeah. Pine Craig area. Henry, Craig Henry, kind of those areas. Even Barhaven wouldn't be that far for you. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a, lots of little bungalows there. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, sort yeah. of in behind the IKEA area, right? Uh, on the other side, the 417. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways, Frank, you should give uh, Eric. You should give Frank a call uh, off the air, and then he can go over some numbers with you, and you can see if it makes sense. Sounds good. And then Josh, yeah. Josh, will find you a beautiful house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's homes out there, right? The listings the are out there. The listings are yeah. out there right now, so it's not like the homes yeah. aren't out there. The yeah. chance of finding a home are probably not bad. I've seen Absolutely. a couple of listings that were interesting. I was originally looking at a condo. But then we said with the condo fees and what we'd be paying in rent, it's uh, in mortgage. Yeah. It's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is it just the three of you? It's the three of us, but uh, we've uh, we've got two kids that are in special needs. And right. one is in a residence right now. He lives with us part time. So we need okay. at least three bedrooms. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'd say give Frank right. a call and then Josh should take care of it from there. Yeah. Well, uh, that maybe uh, something my wife and I will pick up on. Great. Good luck, Eric. Look forward to it. Thank Good you. Luck. Thanks. So if you're free and clear, not necessarily in his situation, but let's say you live in the outskirts and you and you have no mortgage, would you rent it out and buy somewhere else just as an investment? Or would you take that money and, and use it as investment money and buy a property? Personal choice, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Either one, but put that money to work for you. Yeah. Just sitting there. Yeah, it's just, well, it's sitting there. But again, for some people, their belief system is they don't want to have a mortgage and they're very comfortable. They sleep very well at nighttime knowing they don't have a mortgage. But in this scenario, I mean, if they're here for eight to 10 years, I would vote for see if you can buy a property in Ottawa. Uh, Again, you got to grapple with whether, you know, you want to be a landlord or not. And if you don't want to be a landlord, then sell the property in Winchester. But if the plans are eight to 10 years from now to return to Winchester, now that the kids have finished school and you want to move back to Winchester, then I would suggest, you know, let's get an appraisal on the property on Winchester, see how much equity we can take out. We can take out as much as 80% of that equity. And then you've got a significant down payment for the property you're buying in Ottawa, you know, taking into account the fact that the property in Ottawa is going to be more expensive. So you'll have a mortgage on the property in Ottawa. And depending on how much of a financial commitment you're willing to take and, you know, whether you can accept it, then if you do, then then I would keep the property in Winchester. But if, you know, you're looking to get in with as minimal payment as possible, then the answer may be sell the property. Oh, you just, you just cut out there, Frank. Property. Yeah, okay, you're back. Oh. You're back. Yeah, and yeah, take and, that money and, if you're yeah, do- and use it as a down payment. And if you're doing that in the next month, go variable, right? I say go variable now for a, a little while, only because I still believe that interest rates are on their way down. Yeah. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. What about the guaranteed sale program? Do we still have it? Is it being used? Can you help me? We'll find out when we come back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Frank is here. Josh is in for Paul. Well, a couple of years have gone by and uh, the word guaranteed sale 
didn't really come up because everybody was selling like crazy. Now, yeah. are people looking at the guaranteed sale again? We're getting calls on the guaranteed sale program now again. And and We're refresh sure our memories. Call. How does this work, seeing that it's been so long? Well, basically, how it works is Paul will give you an offer on your home. Like He'll give you a purchase on your home that you can take to the bank and you can show them that your house is, in fact, sold. Okay? Um, now, you do have to do the home inspection on your home prior. Right. Um, and the way that it works is 92 to 94% of market value minus the commission. Yeah, so you agree on the you agree on the price up front, right? You agree on the price up and front. And then you actually price have price adjustments. You have a sign. Price adjustments are built in yep. every month. Yeah. Um, which they are aware of. They are aware of the price adjustments. They know that every month it's going to be reduced to X price. Yeah. Um, but what it gives them, it gives it provides peace of mind and security for people in a market like this. If they have to sell, if they're in trouble with a bank or if they've if they've already bought a home and they're having trouble selling their home yeah it relieves the stress and it gives them peace of mind and security that they know their home is sold now we still try and sell their home for full market value yeah, and if you get more right you get more if you get more you get more it's 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 basically worst case scenario paul will buy your home for this price yep. and you have peace of mind knowing that your home is sold but we're still going to market the home and try and get your home sold for full, for full market value. I would think that would help you if you wanted to buy another house. At least you would have a baseline of knowing how much money you had coming in for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Especially right now with the market, with the shift. Um, I mean, the prices are all over the place right now, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, where you, whereas before we could give people a pretty accurate, you know, amount as to what their home was going to sell for. Um, now that's sort of like, yeah. it's, it's a little tougher. Right. But you better so, have an agent if you're looking these days too, right? Because who knows what people are asking for their home. You know what? With that's that's the biggest thing right now, Steve. Is in this market more than ever, it is so important to work with an experienced, qualified agent, uh, somebody who who has the you know you can negotiate for you. At, they're doing the marketing. They're doing the advertising. They're not just, you know, they're doing social media. They're not just putting the sign in the front yard and waiting for somebody else to sell it. That's not going to fly anymore. Yeah. Um, you but, know, but even if, and if you're looking that. for a house, right, if you to, to work with buyers, you better have an agent with you because who knows what that home is priced at and whether or not it's accurate. Yep. Absolutely. It is never a good idea to purchase through the listing agent. That the listing agent is actually negotiating against you. Yeah. It's very important to hire a buyer agent. It doesn't cost a penny. It doesn't cost you anything. I don't know if everybody realizes that, but to hire a buyer agent doesn't cost you a single penny. Um, and they are representing your best interest and they're negotiating for you and not against you. Yeah. I don't want to correct you because you know your business, but I think I remember reading that the only time it's worth negotiating with a listing agent is if it's your listing. If you... <laughs> If Josh listens, then you can feel free to negotiate with him. <laughs> hey, I won't turn anybody away. <laughs> but it does make sense, right, to have an independent agent that's working on your behalf so that, you know, you're not in a conflict. I mean, the listing agent could be in a conflict position. Yeah, especially when it doesn't cost you anything. Absolutely. A little extra protection. Doesn't cost you anything for a mortgage through you either, eh, Frank? A lot of people don't know that. Nope. Uh, we get a lot of calls and I give a lot of advice and most of the time the advice is based on what's in their best interest because that's what 
we're supposed to do. As mortgage brokers out there, our goal is to find the best possible mortgage for clients and not do what's best for us. There are some brokers out there, unfortunately, that do that. I think there's some real estate agents that you know, have some information. They don't pass it on to clients, and I think that's wrong. Eventually, I think karma gets yeah. even with them. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I think clients need to feel comfortable and have a trust factor with who they're dealing with, uh, knowing that they're going to be there to do whatever's in their best interest. Hey, just before we go, I wanted to touch on uh, British Columbia now. They've got that three-day cooling off period that's going to kick in January 1st, where you get three business days after you make a deal on a house. You can get your inspection done. You can make sure your financing is in place and all that. That kicks in on the first. Now, if you do back out of the deal, they'll charge you 0.25%. So basically 250 bucks for every 100000 if you break the deal. Would you guys like that or not? I like it. Personally, I like it because there's a cost. It's not You're not putting an offer on one place and then going to look at another place. Uh, you know, and doing that and putting seven offers and then picking one and leaving the other six out high, you know, um, yeah, high and dry without it costing you something. Like if you're going to do that, then it's going to cost you something. And let's call a spade a spade in BC. I don't know if you can even get a home for a million bucks. So it's going to cost you at least 2,500 bucks and it's only three days. So three business days I think is reasonable. Yeah, but that three days could be big. If you had multiple offer situation and then you lose all those other buyers, after that but it's the same for everybody, but it's the same for everybody, right? Yeah. So, you know, like, like if you really like the house and I lost out on the bid and I start looking at other houses, it's probably going to take me a day or two to put that offer on that other house anyway. And then if this one becomes open again, and I liked it more yeah. then I'm willing to maybe eat 2,500 bucks to go back to the house that I like because it's now back on the market kind of thing. So you think it'll come our way? I don't know. It's hard to say it might, if, if it's successful, I think BC is going to be kind of the the uh, the test, and you know if it works out really well there in the first six months or a year, then I can see the Ontario government uh, probably implementing it as well for sure. What do you think, Josh? It's hard to know, but it's the same thing. If it works out well in BC, probably will eventually. They'll probably try it here, see how it goes. But how do you think, feel about it, Josh? All the, I actually don't mind it. To be honest with you, isn't uh, as long as you got. Like you said, like if you've got skin in the game, it's a little different, right? So yeah, yeah I uh, think you're right. Without that little penalty, that if you do get out, you got to at least give them something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so part- I think that that's I like that part of it. I have no problem with that. What about it's open- not a huge amount, but where- it's a, it's enough that. Where do you stand you know, on open? Where, where yeah. do you stand on open bidding, Josh? On the open bidding, yeah. Um, like in the auctions, you mean? No, I mean, so everybody would know what the what the bids are going in in a multiple offer situation. Good for the buyer, sucks for the Good vendor. For the buyers, it is what it bad is. for the sellers, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I mean, as, as, as if I'm representing the seller, I don't like it. If I'm representing the buyer, I, I would love, love to it. know. Yeah, exactly. Right? Birthdays, yeah. Frank. Yeah, just a couple. Uh, Kyle Miller from our office and Patricia and Emma Teal from our office all celebrating their birthdays this week. So happy birthday to all three of them. Josh, how do we get a hold of you? 613-878-5884, Josh Batley at paulrushforth.com. And just before we go, Frank, what do you think is going to happen at the tournament on Tuesday? Do you think you're going to be – do you have any trash talk here? <laughs> no, I don't have any trash talk. I lost my ringer this week, so my our number one golfer unfortunately can't make it, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, ah, you know what? It's a fun tournament, raising great money for a great charity, and that's really what it's all about. All the trash talk aside, 
Paul does a great job of uh, of raising funds for for a you know especially the, these last few years. All these charities need all the help they can get. So yeah, happy that it's back on. I think he's raised over two hundred and fifty grand over the years. Yeah, thrilled that it's, it's back the, on. It's and the best I, golf tournament in the city. Yeah, it truly yeah. is. It truly. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Even, Looking forward to it. Even though Frank, Josh, and I will be there, it's still the best tournament in the city. <laughs> <laughs> it's the balance, right? <laughs> <laughs> Must be a lot of other good people then. <laughs> Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great week. Please support. Con- continue to support local businesses, and charities, everyone. 